guys. Welcome to another episode of the Hunger uh, Podcast. I have with me today um, Adam, um, who we've been in touch with uh, kind of over Facebook. Um, and uh, Adam has been, you've been in the industry for, for how many years? For quite a long <laughs> period of time. Um, yeah, over 20 years. Over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess just jumping right into it. So um, what kind of um, inspired you? What made you have like this passion for, for food and everything? What made you uh, get into it? Well, I like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's really right. the number one thing. I really like to eat. Um, and so because of that, I like to eat. I wanted to explore. I mean, when I was younger, when I was younger, we – we lived in a trailer. I was on food stamps. So, you know, I seen that, um, how food insecurity can affect people. And then as I got older, you know, as a latchkey kid, you know, single mom, um, before my mom eventually got uh, married, my stepdad, but you know, I'll come home and then be hungry. So I try to cook something, you know, and that's really how it started. Wow. So was that just like, progressively you just you you try different ingredients you tried your own thing you learn from um like yeah did you just teach yourself i guess you just uh mixing different <laughs> stuff together or, yeah yeah pretty much i mean it was just stupid shit like you know whatever those i don't even remember the those things like fish cakes or something <laughs> or like <laughs> or like a fish fillet or almost like a fish you know stuff like that it was uh it was pretty you know Nothing interesting, but yeah. but it was sort of like that. But I always like to eat, you know. I yeah. I mean, grew up. I mean, my mom would we go out picking raspberries, and my mom was really into. It. She actually works at a state park now. Oh, okay. She actually went back to college, you know, back then, and um, got a degree in uh, science. So she works at a state park, but she was always interested in the outdoors, and we would always you know look for tea berries and. Hunting was is a big thing where I'm from, you know. Mm. It's hard to it's hard to for people in Philadelphia, I guess, to understand. But um, yeah, hunting is a big, it's a huge cultural thing back home. You know, you start when you're 12 years old, and uh, wow. you know, I love to eat, so that's really how it's all started. There you go. And where were you from originally? Was that in uh, Pennsylvania, or is that yeah? Where's where's that? Northeastern Pennsylvania. Northeastern Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah. So has, would you say that that is like kind of inspired a lot of your cooking, like the hunting and like the berries and, and all that? I think I saw some pictures on. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Absolutely. It definitely will when I open, when I finally get open. Yeah. Yeah. That, I'm definitely, that's actually one thing I'm definitely going to ask you about is this new place. I was looking at the pictures. I mean, the food looks awesome. Um, oh, thanks. But like, I guess, yeah. What, what made you think? So like you had this, um, you know, you were just trying different things. You were learning how to cook. What made you think like, oh, like this is like, this is what I want to do um, in the future as a career? Was there like a, did you have a job at like a, a restaurant or um, maybe like any kind of mentor or anything like that? Um, a mentor, you mean? And um... Or yeah, like just, I guess what um, made you just. I mean, you know, well. Why did I decide to go to cooking? <laughs> well, like I said, I like to eat. And also, I mean, I don't like school. I yeah. really dislike school. 
I mean, I, I don't like sitting in one place. I mean, I didn't ever see myself as, you know, it's a very blue collar. You know, the cooking is a very blue collar working class job and it always has been. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's only nowadays that you think of it as this glamorous um, lifestyle career, but it's not, you know, it's a grind. And, and especially back then, mm-hmm. I mean, I never thought of myself sitting in uh, on a computer like, uh, you know, selling insurance you know yeah, that was yeah. never that was never a possibility that was never i never thought i mean i wasn't you know i'm not a smart kid you know i mean i just i like to work and i like to eat and i like to you know i just liked cooking so i said hey why not um do that as a career that's awesome that's really cool so with the you know it's obviously very hard work so what um what, what gets you out of bed? Is it the being able to create? Um, like, what's the, what's been the most uh, rewarding thing uh, for you? Just about, about doing this. About cooking? Yeah, yeah. Just like working in restaurants, opening up your, your I guess your new restaurant. Um, oh yeah, I mean, I, I love, I love everything about cooking. I mean, I like, I like the restaurant industry. I like the standing in the kitchen. I like the menial tasks of peeling carrots, you know, even washing dishes. Uh, I mean, I just enjoy it. There's no, I mean, I, and of course, as a chef, you're always battling with everybody, but I mean, you really do do it because you like to be, you know, make people happy. You like, mm. you like, you live for when someone says, wow, this is awesome. You know, as mm, any yeah. craftsman, I mean, I don't think necessarily, I don't like calling chefs like artists because I think it gives um you know, that weird, you know what I mean? That weird cultural cachet. But I, I think, yeah. I mean, I guess they are and there is, but I prefer to look at it as a craftsman. And then when you have, when you make something, whether that's um, a hand carved uh, um, or a woodworking cabinet or something that somebody really likes and they say, wow, I want to pay for this. I mean, that's the ultimate, you know, reward as a craftsman. Mm. So, I guess going off of that, like, like what gets you to that point? So like, uh, like, like, how do you even create like a, I mean, me, myself, like I'm, I'm a terrible cook. I mean, if you look in my refrigerator, <laughs> I got like spaghetti and like all this, you know, microwavable. Sure. Stuff. Um, <laughs> but like, like just in terms of like experimenting and like tr- trying to create, like, I guess like a really good dish where people are just like, wow, like I want to pay for this and everything. Like, like what, what's that process? Like, I mean, do you talk to other chefs or like, how do you, come up with um, your ideas and how do you, um, yeah. Well, sure. I, most, I mean, creativity is, I mean, I never considered myself that creative, but I mean, you take it, you take every, all inspiration, you know what I mean? You, of course you study the classics and the masters and you mm-hmm. study your craft. Of course, that's number one. And you take it from there, but you also, so inspiration you can get, I mean, in my particular, it, it, for me, my particular case, I, I like, um, say the history because I'm trying to have a restaurant that's going to be the mid Atlantic region encompassing this and mm. Philly and Pennsylvania in particular. And so then you read about the history of say, you know, the colonists uh, or uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get an idea from there. Or also, I also, 
you know, walking in hunting season, walking or sitting there on a tree stand and looking at, you know, the birch trees and the snow on the ground. And you know what I mean? Then you mm. get inspiration that way also. Oh, that's I interesting. Mean, I, so, yeah, just like even like nature, like you go out and you see. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's exactly right. Oh, wow. I never looked at it like that. Interesting. So, and then I guess, yeah, like even like, so has this um, mentality, has this been like through, because I was looking at your um, your profile, you've been at a lot of different restaurants. Has this been like um, the same kind of style of, of cooking, like pretty much everywhere? Or is it, has it varied or, um, yeah. Uh, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I saw that, I guess you were at a bunch of different restaurants, like, I guess in your career, was it always the same kind of style of like cooking or was it? Um, uh, yeah. You know, I left when I was 21, mm-hmm. I went to culinary school at Penn college and, uh, only for, t- you know, two years. And, um, you know, I wanted to get the hell out. You know what yeah. I mean? I never even left Pennsylvania before I was 18. You know, I've never, been anywhere you know we didn't go on vacation you know we didn't go to disney world when i was a kid so i wanted to get the hell out and see what the world had to offer you know seek my fortune (laughs) i didn't find it but so i moved to boston and then i mean in boston i I first started working at a hotel at this uh french brasserie in a hotel and then i got in at um number nine park which is a fine dining mediterranean style restaurant barbara lynch's place it's awesome and then um i worked at another fine dining restaurant a uh, old school french alsatian restaurant in chicago and so pretty much yeah i was pursuing the fine dining world mm-hmm. um as a cook i was pursuing the fine dining world you know and then uh once i moved to philly you know i mean in philadelphia i've only ever been a chef in philly so i was never uh, a cook you know what I mean? So I didn't grow up with the people now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know that many people. Okay. But it was mostly, it was mostly the fine dining world, sure. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've only started to learn about uh, fine dining. It's very interesting. And um, there's this uh, one show that I watch, uh, Chef's Table, if you've heard of that. Yeah. Um, and just it's just crazy how much uh, is put into the, the process and like trying to, figure out like the right dish and to make it look good and, and, and all that. Yeah. Yeah. The chef's table. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, everybody loves that, but um, I mean, the thing you should remember that there's millions of different types of restaurants and styles of restaurants. I mean, the chef's table, like those, well, especially, I mean, in the first couple seasons, you know, you keep in mind that those restaurants only do tasting menu they're Michelin star, you know, tastings, mm. you get like 12 courses, you know what I mean? So that's vastly different than a lot of, especially Philadelphia restaurants, but they, I mean, later on in the show, they have, you know, obviously South Philly barbacoa is a lot different than that, but yeah. So those first ones, like, yeah, it's takes a lot of money. I mean, it's a lot of work. Mm. It's, it's incredible amount. I mean, those old school French restaurants. I mean, it takes a lot of work to do, and half of them, you know, are start or people that don't barely get paid, you know, or don't get paid at all. You know what I mean? Wow, that's crazy. So, what is yeah. what is um, what have you liked a lot about Philly? Like um, in terms of, like the restaurant scene, is there something that um, 
that you enjoy? I guess, I mean, I guess just your background and everything, you know, with the food and everything. Um, is that kind of what made you stay in Philly and, um, and all that? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't stay in Philly. I'm specifically moved here because of, I mean, I'm a Pennsylvania kid, you know, I always wanted to have a restaurant focusing on Pennsylvania or the surround. I mean, I say Pennsylvania, but really, you know, borders are just imaginary lines on maps. So I, I say yeah. mid-Atlantic region, but I always wanted to. And I like cities. You know, I'm a city guy now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, Philly's the place to be. And plus there's, you know, in Chicago, I mean, I would never be able to open the place that I'm opening now in Chicago. I mean, mm. it's, like, it's like New York now, you know. I mean, it used to be affordable. I'm sure it's it's getting where it's not affordable anymore. But Philly is yeah. an affordable place to live, and there's a lot more opportunities. And plus, I mean, that's just what I'm – I mean, I'm not going to open a, a Pennsylvania restaurant in, you know, San Francisco. <laughs> you know That'd what I mean? But, I mean, I was in Tennessee. Yeah. You know, when I originally set off when I was 21, like I said earlier, I was going to go work in Boston for two years and Chicago in two years and San Francisco for two years and then LA, like go all around the country. Yeah. You know, but by the time I got to Chicago, I was like, I need to more, you know, focus on really what I want to do. And then I went down to Tennessee to work at this big like resort type place called Blackberry Farm. But while I was there, you know, I was like, well, you know, I should be where I'm going to be settled eventually, making contacts, you know, mm. meeting farmers and stuff so I can start building something. So I came to Philly. And Philly, I mean, it really has everything. I mean, no one, I mean, I don't know where else I would do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the number one thing is there's a lot of opportunity in Philly, definitely. I mean, I mean I've just actually... Like me personally, like I just moved here a couple months ago, and oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm, well, I grew up in South Jersey most of my life, so it's like you know, I've I've been to Philly and and have seen, um, but it's just like more and more, and even now that I've gone to a good amount of just different restaurants, um, my eyes are just completely open. I mean, it's just such a I guess diverse. Um, you, know, you got like Chinatown, so like Asian cuisine, and then you have like you know, of course, the fine dining, and then you have. Um, uh, a lot of Mexican restaurants, Hispanic. I mean, it's just, it's all over the place. Italian restaurants, of course, uh, is like everywhere. Um, and it's just, it's amazing though. It's just like, it's just so cool. Cause I feel like every you know week I could go to another restaurant and probably never run out, you know, my whole life. It's just absolutely insane. The just, I guess, yeah, just like diversity. Um, oh yeah, definitely. What, so I wanted to ask you, so, with like the new uh, restaurant, so was that always like on the in the back of your mind? Like, you know, I want to start this thing, and um, or was there like a particular like moment where you were just like, you know, I want to start my own restaurant? Um, yeah, was there any reason for that, or yeah? Oh, I wanted my own restaurant since I was twenty-one. Oh wow! Okay. When I first graduated culinary school, I was like. Well, first of all, I never thought it would be possible because it's expensive. You know, it takes a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but, and I never had money in my life. But when I first said, when I first graduated, I was like, nah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to own a restaurant. I'll just be a chef. And then, you know, when I was at number nine park, I was like, oh man, I want my own restaurant, you know? Yeah. 
to me. And that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. So it's always been like in the back of your mind. My roommates here. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's always been my drive from, uh, yeah, since I was, uh, you know, after, well, yeah, 21, 22. That was what, that's always been the goal. That's cool. So right now, I guess, um, you're in the process of opening right, right now. Like we're, um, yeah, I saw the, I saw the page and everything. It's already up and you got some, some dishes out and stuff, but yeah. So what's, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't like to be, I don't really like to like spam people and constantly post shit. Like, I mean, that's not my style, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I just have some info out there. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long, I mean, I've been trying to get this thing over for three years now. It's, It's going to be in the Fishtown neighborhood. It's um, almost done. I'm so close. I'm really close right now. The the contractors are still there, of course. There's still things that need to be done, but it, it's getting there. It's close. That's awesome. So what is the particular, like, um, have you created all the dishes and everything? So you've created all the dishes, and um, has it just been an inspiration from, like, all your different places that you've worked at, like, all, all across the board, or...? Um, like, or is it like a particular no. theme, I guess? Yeah, I wasn't. The, yeah. No, it doesn't have to do with anything I've worked before. It more has to do with almost not new, but so, I mean, I'm trying to make it a little different. I mean, in a way it's the same as everybody else. And in other ways it's different. I mean, my, my overarching philosophy is, I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, but like I said, it's a mid Atlantic regional but also involved with uh, history, mm. also historical aspects of the region, the city. So what I mean by that is we'll have, I'll have obviously farm to table stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ian, Glenn right. Brendel, I mean, Green Meadow Farm, he gets whatever he's got, you know, obviously it'll be farm to table, you know, as a, you know, as a bad moniker now farm to table because it's just been, you know, co-opted by uh, corporations, but, It'll obviously be farm to table, but uh, but as the dishes go, I mean, I'll have some dishes that are cultural based. Okay, so that mm. means like Pennsylvania Dutch, for instance, is not. I feel that it's not really represented that well, and it doesn't. Um, mm. And nobody, frankly, knows really what it is or anything about it. You know, besides, well, yeah, no, not at all, really. Yeah. And I definitely don't think it's represented by in any restaurant so we'll have so i'll have some cultural dishes like pennsylvania dutch you know like my great-grandmother's ham pot pie you know pot pie is and pot pie to me means one thing it's like a it'll be like a stew right it's not a crust like a blueberry pie oh that's like that's the english version of pie Mm. pot pie i mean there's two pot pies Amelia Simmons in her, the first American cookbook has a pot pie literally in a pot lining the the dough and the pot and baking like a little, um, like a little turkey stew inside. Like, you know, just like you would think Mm. of a chicken pot pie when you think of that. But for me, when I think of that pot pie, that's not what it means. It means these noodles. It's bot by, it comes from, it's a German word meaning these noodles. It's a noodle and it's the dish. So it's, you know, so spaghetti means the actual noodles, dried noodles, and it also means the dish of spaghetti that you think of, right? Oh. So pot pie to me, 
is these little, almost like dumplings, like these noodles, these little thick square noodles. Oh, they're, it's awesome. But, and ham, and then it, it's, it was used to be left over. I mean, I could, I guess, ramble about this all day, but I'll, I'll try to. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> go on. I'm, I'm learning hard, a lot. Because I still have like, I still have like five other things to talk about with the theme. But it, it was used to leftovers. So you eat a chicken on your Sunday dinner. You know, people didn't eat chicken every day back then. You know, they would eat it once a week or, or once a, a month right. or whatever. So you need a chicken, then the next day with the the uh, bones and stuff, you make a chicken pot pie with the leftovers. Or a ham, you take the bone and the scraps and you make the ham pot pie. So anyways, mm. that I feel is not really represented or even understood in Philadelphia. And so oh, that will be one of the cultural dishes that happens to come from my background. But there's also other backgrounds, other immigrant backgrounds of Philadelphia in particular. Obviously, pepper pot soup is one. Okay. Um, it used to be sold on the streets of philadelphia by the you know the haitian and from the hate the you know haiti uh revolution we had an influx of haitians in here the caribbean islands and they would sell pepper pot soup i mean it's kind of whitewashed now that story because it's a it was like this weird claim that george washington came up with it at valley forge and it's that's um, oh, really? most definitely not true in any way <laughs> yeah. but um it was really these immigrants coming from bringing their peppers, bringing their um, their style of cooking here. And they used to sell it on the street. Like, So there's sort of like those cultural things. And then I'll also have like history dishes based on history or some sort of historical thing. Like say, like for instance, I have um, on my Instagram or whatever, or Facebook, I have a picture of an eel dish that's, just based on the fact that eels and sturgeons and I mean, there used to be lots of food. I mean, shad, for instance, fish town is, is fish town because of the shad and the fishing industry. That's why it's called fish town. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll have dishes like that based on that. And then we'll also have, um, so we have the cultural, like historical, and then I'll just have conceptual dishes. Like I was talking about earlier, like I posted on uh, Instagram as like a gingerbread cake with like spice bush icing and like sort of a forage dish, but it's based, it has a little history of, you know, gingerbread cake obviously is big in the, you know, European tradition of desserts, but it has spice bush icing, which I get from my grandmother's house, the spice bush, oh, and, you know, candied spruce tips and a wintergreen ice cream. Wintergreen is the tea berry plant, but so I make, so this, and it sort of looks like uh, I'm going for like a snow covered, I mean, not to be too artistic, but it's sort of be like a snow-covered little mountain or whatever that you would see, like I see walking through the woods of Pennsylvania in the winter. So oh, they'll have, so, so cool. that's what I call like a conceptual dish. Like I said, it's <laughs> my elevator pitch is really shitty, but that's <laughs> no, 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 I love it. Like it's so, like it makes me want to learn more. Like, are you are you putting all this stuff on one menu, or are you like spreading it out to different? Like like one night is conceptual or tasting or something. I yeah, yeah, I mean it's not going to be a tasty menu. I don't. I mean I like tasty menus. I used to, and I've eaten a lot of tasty menus. But I mean, frankly, there's a lot I want to do that I couldn't do if I just did a tasty menu. You know what I mean? I, mm. I couldn't. There's so many things I want to do, and I mean I am opening in like the worst time of the year for this type. But whatever, that's the way it goes. You know. Yeah. Like this, this, like this season right now. I mean, hopefully I'll be open in April, you know. I mean, people think just because it's warm out, 
they want to eat peas, but you know, that's not how the world works. You know what I mean? People have mm. to grow these peas and asparagus and stuff. So this, and then actually this is the, what it used to always be the worst time of the year back in, um, back in the day, you know, the Pennsylvania Dutch, they had like a, this was like their time. They had like a harvest home was called. They made it through the winter and they would have a, like a little piece like in mid April with, uh, you know, like dandelion picking dandelion greens the first of the spring. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but I'll also be doing like these family, like I'll do, try to do like, um, like also part of it is, you know, there's a big French influence in Philadelphia in the 1800s. I mean, mm-hmm. Lebec Finn wasn't the first French restaurant in Philadelphia. It, you know, in fact, there was the best French restaurants in the world in Philadelphia in the 1800s. Oh, really? Wow. Late 17. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. I just did a, I just did a dinner. I mean, I just did a little class at Cook about um, James Parkinson's restaurant on um, in Philadelphia. It was the biggest. It was like the cream of the crop. But um, hmm. but anyway, so I also have – and plus I'm a French-trained uh, cook, and I love that style also. But, yeah. So it'll be like – I'll have like, you know, a roast um, chicken for two and stuff like that with like mashed potatoes and stuff. Hmm. So there's a lot of – there's a lot of uh, things, I guess. There's a lot going on. But, yeah, it'll be on the – the menu is going to be – yeah, it'll be – the overarching theme will be something related to this, to where we live or where we're from or where I'm from, I guess. And it won't just be about me, but the overarching theme is mid-Atlantic region. And that encompasses the history also, not just, um, I mean, of course, farm the table and of course, whole animals, you know, I mean, I get, I'll get whole pigs in and that sort of thing. That's that's really interesting that you're doing that, and I think it's I think it's great too because I know you know me me personally like um, yes we have a lot of diversity but like it's it's easy to forget like the roots and like the actual area that like you're in you know like I mean I I haven't really I haven't been around like Pennsylvania like other than like Philadelphia and like the Poconos pretty much um, but yeah. it's cool to see like the actual traditional because I mean I've been to like Dutch you know. What you, what you were saying about the pot pie, like, I had no idea. Um, I've just grown yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, a lot, another thing yeah. is if you do see pot pie, it's just in the steam table all day, and it has, like, bow tie pasta. I mean, even my mom would have bow ties nowadays, but yeah, I want to get rid of it, you know. No, that, that's really cool. Um, by the way, what was the name of that French restaurant? I'm, I'm actually part French, so... Um, I want to get some good friends. It was Parkinson. It was Parkinson's. I'll send you a link. Yeah. He, um, he also was, I mean, he came from a family of confectioners. And um, so he was, you know, the ice cream uh, king of Philadelphia also. He, oh, he had, I mean, he never wrote a cookbook. The problem, the thing is, everybody knows um, Charles Rainhofer from Delmonico's, but he never had a, Charles Rainhofer wrote a cookbook, you know, in 19, uh, Tens and uh, Parkinson never did. He actually was the editor of a uh, of the confectioner's journal, but that's why nobody really knows about him anymore. Mm-hmm. But there was other French restaurants too. Over in, I think over in Strawberry Mansion, they had another French restaurant. It, it was, but I mean, keep in mind, it was only the rich, elite, mm-hmm. aristocratic people eating at these places. I mean, right. it was only rich white men. 
there was no women, there was no colored people of any of ethnicity, and barely probably there was no nobody that wasn't rich and like uh they were trying to they were trying to mimic the aristocratic um or like the European aristocrats. Oh, like so they would yeah. um try to imitate that. Yeah. You know, so there was no, you know, I mean, none of my family would ever have been there. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was just, it was that sort of thing. It'd be like, you know, the steel baron or the, you know, that type of thing. Oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. I said, I had no idea about it. Like, this is like a history lesson. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know about like half this stuff. This is really interesting. Well, yeah, that's true. The history is. I mean, we, that's some part of another reason I'm doing it so that we know these things about history. I mean, everything you think that things are new, they're not really new. You know what I mean? Like right. you think that you go to a tasty menu, you go to, you know, uh or something and they're putting, uh, they're making a little sorbet and put it on an oyster, you know, well, they, they did that a hundred years ago before there was refrigeration. Mm. You know, James Parkinson on his menu has a, an oyster he used with um, sauterne. He made a sauterne sorbet and put on top of it. That was over a hundred years ago. You know, like we have like we have the backlash against the French. Like in the restaurant industry, there you know, there's I mean, there's always a backlash against the French. Like I said, aristocratic style of dining. Mm-hmm. But actually, there was a big one with the middle class back in uh, back then after. James Parkinson's that what I was talking about that actually created the restaurant as we know today, the family restaurant, the middle-class restaurant, as we know today, you know, Mm. there was a huge backlash against the aristocratic dogma of the the time, you know? I see. Wow. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's a good point. Cause I don't know. You always think maybe it's like, you know, they changed the presentation around or something like that, but it's like at the root of it. You know, they did it like maybe a hundred years ago, or um, yeah, yeah. Most of the time, it's been done before. Yeah, yeah most of the time. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's kind of like music, like um, like oh, this sounds yeah, really cool, exactly. But it's like it's always it's more of like an evolution. It's not like, I mean, you can't. Really, it's hard to come up with like complete new idea. I don't know. Yeah, Chris Chris Cornell says the best riff is a uh, half half new and half something you heard before. Or something yeah, like yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because like, well, um, I don't think see, like, I play uh, guitar. Oh, that's <laughs> um, cool. I don't, but, I don't actually know anything about music, but, but, like, I know but that it, it's like, crazy though because when you play music, you you realize like a lot of the songs are like the same um, chords over and over again. <laughs> it's just like a different uh, lyric, I guess. So I don't know if that's like a good analogy to food, but yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great analogy. That's what I mean. Everybody uses that analogy. Charlie Trotter, like I said, everything's been done before. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of them. Charlie Trotter was using um, jazz as a way to uh, talk about cooking, you know, 20 years ago. Or, yeah, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. He had a show. Yeah, he had a show. What was his name again? Charlie Trotter. Charlie He's Trotter. dead now. He had uh, Charlie Trotter's in Chicago, one of the great, one of the really, yeah, it was, at the time, it was one of the best restaurants in the world. Put Chicago on the map for dining. Yeah, Chicago is, I mean, I I feel like Philadelphia is, like, really amazing for for food, but, yeah, Chicago is, like, has some of the best, 
We're actually having oh, one guy. Chicago is amazing. Chicago's. Yeah. I mean, it's in. It's. I mean, it's unfair to compare it. I mean, because it's just so. It's on a. It's on a way different scale. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. It's New York, but you could live there. I mean, it's the New York of the Midwest. You know what I mean? Mm. But you could. Well, at the time, it was more affordable. Who knows what's going on now? But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's just getting. Yeah, Philadelphia has stayed, I guess, relatively affordable. But yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, New York is just insane. Like, I don't know. I don't even know how people open up a restaurant or anything up there. Or yeah, even I, Boston, I mean, maybe. you got to be back by. And plus, you got to open, like, now, like, you know, New York, like, they got to open a 200-seat place or something, you know, 100 seats just to barely make rent. I mean, that's what Chicago, I mean, I haven't been back in a while, but, yeah, it's tough. I mean, it's tough in general. Mm, yeah. I, I mean, every, I guess any business is tough in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've heard, we've heard a lot of stories about, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, like, I don't know, like, before, I, I always had, like, a, I guess, a, you know, like, in my mind, like, I was, like, you know, it's pretty hard to start a business. And then, like, I started hearing about, like, how hard it is. And then I'm like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, not even close to, like, what I, like, I guess imagined. But, um, yeah, sure. But, yeah, just um, kind of, like, a follow-up. So, on your new restaurant, like, what do you, um, what, what, is, what has been, what has been, like, the hardest thing just about, like, opening up a new restaurant? Like, anything in particular that's, like, really, uh, well, I mean, the hardest thing, I mean, the city, everybody bitches about the city, but honestly, mm-hmm. the city itself is not really a problem. I mean, yeah, they got taxes, so many taxes and stuff, but I mean, really the city wants businesses. They want people to have a business. They want to collect taxes off the business and they mm-hmm. want to collect taxes off their workers who work at the business and employ people in the city. And they mm-hmm. should, that should be what they're for. Yeah. So, I mean, really, my experience with the, the city, and plus, there's so many free, I mean, the SBA, for instance. I mean, I talked to a, a woman, Carol. Mm-hmm. I had her as a mentor as a little bit in the beginning, you know. Because in the beginning, I mean, the restaurant changed like a thousand times. Not so much my concept, but the, of how it was going to happen mm-hmm. so many times. You know, I started writing a business plan, you know, a long time. I mean, 10 years ago when I moved to Philly. Oh, wow. You know? And it changed so many times since then so many i mean it changed like every six months because and then i got married i mean obviously i'll say straight up the only way i'm doing this restaurant now is because of my wife Mm. and because she believes in me and her and her sister-in-law is investing she's my investor oh wow that's amazing um shit i just forgot what was my original what was your original (laughs) question (laughs) oh no i was just no i was just saying like what you know what was challenging about um Oh, right, right, right. So, yeah. So, I mean, the most challenging, sorry, the most challenging thing is, I mean, in the beginning, I was held up for about a year, over a year, a year and a half, um, because I was being, the whole process to get, Frankfurt Avenue is a major commercial corridor, right? Mm -hmm. Now, there's only two places in all of Frankfurt Avenue, two lots that are zoned single family, and this lot it was zoned single family. It's ridiculous. Mm. Right. And so that was a pain in the ass. And so that was the number one pain in the ass. And then the biggest pain in the ass was the guy who was suing me. I mean, suing the city technically over this restaurant. He didn't want to, he doesn't, he's the owns the lot next to it. Mm. Right. 
that is zoned single family also, but it's not a single family home, right? Mm. It's just grandfathered in. So he was against it. So he was appealing the city. It cost me over $30,000 just in my lawyer. That's more money I ever had in my life. That's crazy. You know? Yeah, that was the biggest hassle. I mean, and then he appealed, appealed, wait, no, he, I mean, we've got that FNA vote, then we got the ZBA vote, he appealed it, and then, uh, I forget, appealed it again, maybe, I don't know, but it took a long time, it was like a year and a half, uh, yeah, that was the biggest hurdle. Wow. And then, like, what have you enjoyed about opening up a new restaurant? Or is that yet to come? Nothing. Yeah. (laughs) I don't enjoy anything about it right now. Yeah. I hate it. I hate construction. You know, as a a chef, you know, you, you want to be in charge. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not as an egotistical thing, just that's the way it is. You want to be in charge. You, and you're not, you know, you want to be in control. You have Mm -hmm. no control over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. There's um and then also also as a chef you you want it done like this now 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 you want things done yeah right. let's do it I and mean, that's not the way it works you know what I mean mm. things take time you have to go through all the inspections I mean like I said Philly has it the city is not I mean my thoughts on the health department is a totally separate other issue I guess mm-hmm. but yeah as far as the health departments are concerned right now I mean they've been pretty cool, helpful, you know, and the L and I, I mean, there are certain things that should be in the public good. You know what I mean? L and I has laws so that, I mean, somebody just illegally was working on a house and destroyed a a grandmother's house that was been like, yeah, for 60 years in Fishtown, she lived there and somebody destroyed her house. It was accidental next to them. They didn't have permits. They didn't have anything. I mean, there's reasons why we have the, and my wife's an architect also. She's very, very, very by the book. You know what I mean? Like there's certain, like you got to have the ADA compliance. You got to have the gas compliance. The I mean, all the, there is a lot of laws, but I mean, overall there, I mean, I mean, there should be for the public interest, for the public good. Right. I mean, as far, but you know, I do have my issues with the public health department, but I mean, with this, there's not really any. I mean, it's just, you know, I don't really, it just sucks not being in control, you know, as a chef, you know, yeah. and as yeah. as uh, as somebody who likes everything fast, 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 you get it done. That's not how it works. So, I mean, and, and it's taken a long time. You know, the first contractors weren't really out there at all. You know, they were, I don't know what they were doing. I don't know what happened. And then, so my wife got a new contractors and they've been working hard. And I mean, it's such a small project, really. It's like the smallest project going on in Fishtown, if not Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, Philadelphia just little, like, yeah. Just and it's just like a couple guys doing work and every day it just takes a while, you know? And I mean, I try not to, and I try to remember that, you know, because it's easy just to sit back like, and say, let's go. Why isn't this done? You know, like, but then I'm reminded of like some owner who's like telling the chef, you know, or some banquet manager who's like, well, let's go right now. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just the way it goes. Things take time. Like I said, my wife's very by the book and, yeah. you know, things have to go in the proper steps and it takes time. You know, pouring concrete, the weather has to um, be 
the um, I can't think of the word. Like the weather has to be in our favor, and so if yeah. it's pouring for two weeks, you know, you can't pour concrete. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like different stuff like that. That probably just like I'm sure it's like yeah, just different small it's things. Little yeah, little up. things that yeah. just add up over time. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just it's not like one big thing besides the original. Like the whole law lawsuit, the legal problem. Besides that, it's just like little things just adding up and taking longer and longer. Mm. You know, and there's really, I mean, nothing you can do about it. God. Well, that's good. That you're a patient guy. I mean, that's, well, that's good no, I'm not. But <laughs> I'm not. That's <laughs> the thing. I'm not a patient guy, but my wife reminds me be patient. You that's know? awesome. So I am trying yeah. to be a patient guy. I am trying. Yeah. Well, that, that's something that I'm sorry. I'm closer now than, you know, I, we're, we're really close now. That's awesome. So are you going to do I like a, a big grand opening or anything no. like that? Or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to do a big grand opening. No, I'm going to take it easy, take it slow. Yeah. I mean, I got to train everybody. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, every single thing I have to show them what to do or how to do it, you yeah. know? So, I mean, I need like a couple at least a week or two of training my crew, making sure we know what's going on. You know, it's brand new. So, mm-hmm. and then I'll probably open like softly, you know what I mean? I'll probably do friends and family just to like practice basically. You see, mm-hmm. you know, work, you know, especially yeah, the people at Fishtown that have been really supportive people who I know that have been really supportive. I'll have them come in. You know, I mean, my last boss, Paul Kimport, I mean, he was at the ZBA with me, you know, Bonnie mm. Brenda's. I mean, and there's other people that, you know, live in a neighborhood that were at the FNA meeting, you know, so. So another question, it's interesting that you're opening at Fishtown because Fishtown is very like, I feel like, you know, you have the people that have lived there the whole life and then you have like all the new people coming in, like kind of like my age, like 20 to 30. Like what, what do you think like is going to be the, the demographic of like people coming in? Like, do you think it's going to be like mixed or, um, I don't know. I just, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends what happens. I mean, there is a, I mean, underneath it all, there is a battle going on with the old school fish towners and the new, Yeah, fish yeah. you know, there is a battle going on. Um, I mean, hopefully Fishtown grows and encompasses everyone, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it, we'll see, you know, <clears throat> I'm sure that it will. I mean, it's already expanding into Kensington and Port Richmond anyway, development, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, it's insane. I mean, the, I think the bigger question would be how do we, like, not really what will change, but, you know, not so much what do we want it to change, but how can we preserve? I mean, like I said, there's a lot of history in Fishtown. There's a lot of history in Kensington, Port Richmond. I mean, how do we preserve that? Or how do we, mm. how do we say what we love about Fishtown and about the area? You know, obviously there's an interest in making, say, Frankfurt Avenue making a commercial corridor. You know, there's an interest in that which of course I have a financial interest in it, but I also have just an interest as making it a vibrant part of Philadelphia. Yeah. And so I I think that's a bigger question. Like Starbucks, do we really want a a Starbucks? No. I mean, obviously I hate the industrial agricultural complex and the corporate chains. Yeah. 
But do we really want a Starbucks? And I'd hate to, I mean, disparage another business just like, you know, I mean, I was obviously I was in a battle to not have a business, but I mean, do we really need that? I don't think so. You know, mm-hmm. do we really need, I mean, are the rents going to keep going up? I mean, there, there is one real reality of the old school fish towners complaints. And that's, you know, if they're, I mean, nobody wants an empty warehouse. So there is an interest to have that empty warehouse changed to something, whether it's, you know, Frankfurt Hall or whether it's Soraya, those type of things, right. you know. But there's an interest of having, a, like, the grandmother who's lived here for 60 years and her her mom lived there. Mm. I mean, her property taxes go up, yeah. you know. But there's a financial, there's a real economic interest in that. I mean, property taxes, I think I think they really need to really look at that. And plus that tax abatement where somebody can come in. I mean, the developers are really trying to, you know, rich people are just trying to leverage whatever they, because they can and then do whatever they want so they can build a house, get a tax abatement and sell it. You know what I mean? And in the end, is that, you know, is that what we want? No. But I mean, so I think that's the bigger question. I think how do we preserve the the beauty of Fishtown and the, Mm functionality of it there's but there is real you know interest involved i mean obviously people roll into big developer he does beautiful work and he obviously has an interest in you know he has built soraya and frankfurt hall Mm -hmm. and he has an interest but he does great work and he has an interest in making this town better you know that's awesome yeah i guess it's just i guess it's just the question of what people's definition of better you know what i mean yeah i mean when i mean fishtown when it comes to the rents being so high that only an applebee's can move in or only you know that sort of thing or Mm -hmm. that sort of thing i think then that's when it'll it'll really lose its character yeah because that's the thing of course yeah like that's yeah i love the reason i love it so much is and you know also just philly as a whole just has all these different neighborhoods like and everything um but it's just like yeah you get some characters in the fish town it's just very interesting and not just like in the people but also um you know the businesses like you have just you know the bars or you just have like really just different bars from each other and they all have like their own like theme and um i don't know <laughs> yeah, exactly. cool. yeah all of these restaurants and um yeah hopefully yeah hopefully they keep that because um yeah i just really like um i'm i'm personally near Northern Liberties. So um, Northern Liberties is is also um, growing very, very fast. So um, I guess we'll see in the, in the next couple of years, we'll see where where things go. Um, But, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for, um, to wrap things up. Thank you so much for uh, your time and um, being on this podcast. Um, Is there anything that, um, do you want to give any kind of like plug or anything for, to find out any <laughs> updates or anything about the, the restaurant? Sure. Well, I'll give you the overview. Um, so my name is Adam Diltz. I'm a chef. I will be the chef owner of Elwood. It's named Elwood after my grandfather. Um, like I said earlier, it's going to be encompassing the Mid-Atlantic region. It'll be a 24-seat BYOB, hopefully opening in April. Um, check it out, www.elwoodrestaurant.com. I mean, it says February opening. I'm, my friend is trying to fix it, but for some reason I can't, I can't fix that. I don't know what's going on, but hopefully in April, check out the 
website or Instagram is Elwood Restaurant. Uh, my Instagram is Chef Adam Diltz. And I've been cooking. I mean, this is all I do. This is all I like. You know, cooking yeah. is what I'm about. I mean, I've been cooking over over 20 years. <laughs> oh, jeez. <Yeah>. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to do something that's kind of different. Um I guess in ways it's the same as every other restaurant, but in ways it is a little different. So, I mean, check it out, and hopefully I get open in April. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, it was really yeah uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, of course.